This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Breaking news. And we're actually live right now on the Score North YouTube channel. Uh, it's very rare that like 30 seconds before we're about to record an episode of Mackie and Judd that groundbreaking breaking news happens. And we've got the exact right guest to help us break it down in Dane Moore from the Dane Moore NBA podcast. Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. And boys, we have a Woj bomb. The Memphis Grizzlies are spinning Patrick Beverly. They just acquired him, and now they're spinning him to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Jarrett Culver and Wancho Hernan Gomez. Sources tell ESPN. Your thoughts? My thoughts are um, it was totally time to get off of both Jarrett Culver and Wancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, The Wancho situation was uh, even worse than I think was kind of publicly out there. The, the whole shutting everything down at the Olympics really led to some butting heads. It led to the Rubio trade getting even pushed up even more. Rubio was very upset about Wancho not being able to play. Culver's obviously have been a disaster of a draft pick. So if you can combine those two salaries and send them out um, for a player who can play uh, in Patrick Beverly, who's 33 years old, I still think can play to some degree. He can play in rotation. I mean, that's a major win. I, I have some text out right now to find out if there is some draft compensation going from the Wolves uh, to Memphis in that deal. I would assume so, uh, but, but I don't, cause I don't really see what's in it that much for Memphis, unless you're really a believer and want to, you know, maybe want to take a shot at Jared Culver, but from the Wolves perspective, like, yeah, these are two guys that quite frankly, the Wolves are done with. Right. And, and they get in a player who can play in this organization can you know bring a culture of competition i think that's something this team really lacks is a culture setter and you know we'll see to what degree everybody reacts to patrick beverly's culture setting but um but it's gonna be interesting man (laughs) so is this dane is this a is person personality wise beverly is this um a Jimmy Butler type of personality? Is this a veteran who just gets it? Is this a guy who's going to come in in your mind and push guys? Like, like what are we talking about here when, when we talk about the ability to step into a new locker room and set a culture? Well, what you're obviously getting at is, right, Cat and Jimmy didn't work. Cat didn't like getting confronted in the way that Jimmy right. Butler wanted to confront him. Cat was also 22 years old then, right? Something like that, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 26 years old now. I think also the biggest factor there was Jimmy was better than Cat at that time, right? So, like, if you're Cat, you don't like this, you might be the franchise player of the future, but the franchise player of the moment, like, there's no debating. Jimmy Butler was the better player then. So I, I think it's totally different because, yeah, like, maybe Pat Bev will try and light a fire under his butt, but ultimately, like, 
Cat is clearly the best player on this team. And so I wouldn't totally draw that sort of parallel where Cat is kind of stuck in a position that he doesn't want to be. Um, if anything, you know, I think it, it could be, you know, it could be good for him, right? Like at some point, if you're Cat, you got, you got to be willing to be pushed a little bit. And I think this would be a little bit of a push, not nothing crazy. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, we're all sort of dissecting this because this literally just came down five or ten minutes ago as we hang out here on the Score North YouTube channel. By the way, if you're if you're watching us and uh, you're hanging out with us for the first time, click the subscribe button and the bell notification, and we will give you daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Also, while you're at it, go find Dame Moore's NBA podcast, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. Um, so this is also, this feels like a really good trade. Like this is an expiring contract too. So you get a guy that's going to be potentially a a good rotation player for you. The personality and some of the dirty stuff that he has done is a question. But if you're looking for the Wolves to to be better defensively and you're looking for the Wolves to add a three-point shooter, he checks those boxes and his $14.3 million comes off the books after this upcoming season if you just want to clear some cap space. So um, I think the biggest question now in addition to how will he fit, how much gas is in the tank for Patrick Beverly, how will he mesh with Cat? You guys talked about that stuff. Is is this their move? Like there was another report this morning. Woj was on Get Up with Mike Greenberg this morning, and I was watching very early while I was uh, clearing out the the uh, crusties in my eyes. And he said the Timberwolves specifically have ma- have maintained a persistent dialogue with the Sixers about Ben Simmons, but they need a third team to make it work. And right now, Philadelphia just isn't getting the offers they want. So. Dane, do you think the Patrick Beverly trade is the trade? Or do you think there could still be other things uh, to be done this offseason for the Wolves? I think there's always been a chance that there could be other things that could happen. And and specifically Ben Simmons. I mean, I, I was just out in Las Vegas for Summer League there the whole time. And really, the, the, the whole time, the conversation was around Ben Simmons. You know, when you're talking to other league executives, you're talking to other media around. And, I mean, everyone you talk to, it was yeah the the wolves are the wolves are lurking the wolves are lurking and they you know they're sitting there waiting to if you know the floor falls out beneath this Ben Simmons trade market to jump on it right and to be the team that can offer the best price but at a reasonable price at this current juncture though you know Philly's still holding out for a star player to get back in a you know to get back in a deal and the reality of the situation with Minnesota is if Philly is trading away. Ben Simmons, they are losing the best player in a trade, right? Because the Wolves aren't going to trade Cap, they're not going to trade him. So whatever sort of package you want to put together, Philly gets worse next year on the floor. That's why it's not going to happen one for one. Philly is not going to let themselves get worse. So that's where this whole third team idea comes from. That's why from the get-go, maybe we've been talking about it on here, I was like, all right, if Kyle Lowry is lingering out there, you can say like Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons, sort of similar players. Kyle's from Philly. Is there a way we can kind of reroute him to, to Philadelphia in a three-team trade. I just the, – the reason the odds are lower is because it's tough to make a three-team trade. It's tough to find that player. There's not that many players in the league who are better than Ben Simmons. So you got to find that, and you got to make all the all the different things work. Like, that's tough. That decreases the odds of it happening. It does not decrease the odds of, you know, Gerson Rosas and the Timberwolves front office lurking around wanting to make that happen. And really – I don't think people get this. Like, the biggest variable here is Mark Lori. Does Mark Lori want to splash big right away? Does Mark Lori want to go get a big-name guy right away and 
does he believe enough in this roster to be like, if we add an all NBA caliber player in Ben Simmons, does that make us really good? And his answer to that will have a huge impact on whether or not they make a Ben Simmons trade. That will have a huge impact on whether they make other changes throughout the organization to the front office, to the business side, to the coaching staff, to whatever. Mark Laurie is now Glenn Taylor, guys. I mean, this is this is what he's the he's the head honcho. And real real quick, because um, I think a lot of people are probably sitting here saying, "Well, wait a second, Mark Laurie and A Rod only own you know a fourth of the team." But um, I've reported this on this show. I'm sure you have similar information that Glenn Taylor, although still the majority owner is already giving a lot of leeway to uh, Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez to make decisions or at least or at least come up with framework for things and then get a yes or a no from Glenn. So they're they're already very involved and his and Mark Laurie's input absolutely matters when it comes to potential big acquisitions. Absolutely. I mean, and I would say Mark Laurie more than A-Rod too. Mark is going to have his fingers way more on the Timberwolves than A-Rod is. I mean, it, see I'm like Mark Laurie. You guys are like A-Rod. A-Rod's got his, he's all these different things he's doing, baseball, whatever. Mark Laurie is Timberwolves. And so he's going to, you know, for real though, like he is going to be like a less eccentric Mark Cuban. I think that's what it, that what is going to happen with Mark Laurie. And he's really going to be the one who, I mean, he'll let, he'll let A-Rod have his shine and all that. Right. But um, Mark Laurie's has huge influence on this situation going forward. So, Let's backtrack here and talk about um, the potential for a, a Sixers-Wolves trade. And I think the key word here when it comes to Gerson, Dane, from what you're saying is patience. Um, it sounds like from reports I've seen that, that Ben Simmons's people have basically made it clear he has no interest in going back there. Like he doesn't want to play there now. Things went south. Um, if that's the case, how, how much of this also is Gerson trying to play the odds? Because if training camp starts and Ben's like, I – I'm done there. I can't play there. Um, the Sixers are at a point where they're not going to have the leverage that they currently think that they have. Is this is this a patience play of sorts, too, for a, a guy who, if he has basically decided, I'm done with your team, almost certainly has to be traded. And it's probably, it's not that it's going to be for a bad package, but it's probably not going to be for the package that the Sixers thought that they could potentially get, let's say, in April or May. It's the it's the James Harden situation leaving Oklahoma City. Remember that? Like all the it just it lingered, it lingered, it lingered, and then all of a sudden he doesn't sign the extension with OKC with OKC. And where does he go? He goes to Houston where Gerson Rosas, Daryl Morey, and crew had a, a net ready there for the for the floor to fall out underneath and you know, and to pick him up for a price that was way cheaper. I'm trying to think about that exactly. I think it was it was like it was Kevin Martin. Yeah, Kevin Martin went to OKC and uh, like the draft rights to Stephen Adams. I mean, it ended up being so much less than you know than what everybody predicted. And now it's weird because it would be Gerson Rosa's catching it from Daryl Morey or, or whatever, however this uh, metaphor works. But but yeah, like I, I think that's what they're doing. Is they're waiting to find a package that is cheap, and and if that's the case, you know they'll jump on it. But I mean. Gerson Rosas wants to jump on this, right? This is, if you get Ben Simmons, now we have a whole new window here, right? <laughs> like, th- this is a, this is completely changes the two sort of timelines that we look at, or at least I look at, where I go, 
okay, we got this Cat and D'Lo timeline, we got this Jaden and Ant timeline, and and we're kind of in between right here. Now, if if Ben Simmons is there, it's kind of go time again. It is kind of like the Jimmy Butler situation all over again. Now, granted, everyone's a little bit younger, but um, I think that buys Gerson Rosas more time as the president of basketball operations. So he probably, I, I would assume, you know, he's a smart guy, but I would assume he really wants to get uh, a Ben Simmons just selfishly. Uh, Dane, to what extent do Ben Simmons positive attributes like defense and rebounding and passing and court vision and transition, all those things, to what degree or not do those things outweigh his absolutely putrid shooting and reluctance to shoot the ball in the fourth quarter at times? You know how many guys would be terrible if they played in the Eastern Conference Finals? Like, you know how many guys can't play? Like, get run off the floor? I mean, we've seen this. Yeah, Was it historically an historic flameout by Ben Simmons in the playoffs? Sure. But we've seen tons of great players get run off the floor in the playoffs at high-leverage situations because they couldn't guard, right? Let's think about Kevin Love back when he was in Cleveland. Tons of situations like that where guys, it's typically guys can't play at the end of the games because they can't guard. We've seen this with all NBA caliber guys who can't play at at the playoffs on a high level because they can't guard. This just happens to be a weird one where it's the other way where Simmons couldn't play offense. Now, what I think that the optimistic view on Simmons is, is that we have seen him play offense in the playoffs at a high level. Most recently, it was a disaster. But at the same time, like, yeah, you're not getting a perfect player. But there's so many players who are really good. Like, if Cat goes to the Western Conference Finals or the Western Conference playoffs next year, do we think that he's going to be flawless on the defensive end? D'Angelo Russell? Like, Anthony Edwards? It's the, it's the same thing. Like, we, we do this thing where the playoffs shine a light on players' weaknesses more than anything. And, yes, Ben Simmons has weaknesses, but so do a lot of other guys who get paid a ton of money in this league. So I don't know. I see a guy who can play defense would fit great in the front court defensively next to Carl Anthony Towns. Like, yeah, we, we, we can nitpick the thing. I would look at, he's got a four year salary. Like he's got four years left on his deal. You got him locked up long-term to me. There's just so many positives out there. And, and if you've watched him enough in the regular season, he's an awesome player. He's an awesome player. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't get I don't get why people are so so off on him. It doesn't make sense to me. So what what did, did you think the odds for a potential trade were between these teams when you left for Vegas and since you've returned, have you amended those odds to the potential for a a Simmons to the Wolves trade? Well, I had uh, John Krasinski on my pod, and we were talking about this when we were both out in Vegas and. I think John said 6% of a Ben Simmons trade happening. And I said 8%. Oh, okay. um, and which I think is pretty high actually. And I think that's a product of John and I both talking to people out there being like, Hey, this is not bad. And that's not just wolves people like talking to talking to people out there that there is interest from the wolves in that situation. Now the odds get pushed down for, for a whole bunch of different reasons. So I, you know what? I, I think it's real. It's unlikely, but the Wolves are in a weird spot, man. They are. And this is a this is a, a time to, to go all in if you want. My whole my whole opinion on the situation is either go all in on the cat and Dilo window or you go all in on the Ant and Jaden window and choose one of the two. 
Because staying in the middle is just – that makes no sense to me. I think you are wasting time and wasting value if you're doing that. Yeah. Um, the original reason we had you on the show today was to recap Summer League and the Wolves 4-0, 4-0 with a game today. Um, so before we let you go, what are, what are your biggest observations? Jalen Noel was one of the leading scorers out there. Uh, Jaden, Jaden McDaniels had the, the coast to coast buzzer beating tying three pointers. So there's been, there's been some major positives, but, um, what, what has stood out to you that the wolves can potentially carry over? Jaden McDaniels, man, he is, he's going to be good. Uh, I was the first time I got a, uh, interview him face to face like microphone right next to him and because right like the whole covid year we're up in the you know way far away from the floor and everything or through zoom and jay mcdaniels is taller than cat like he is he's the he's the tallest player on the team and i don't think people i don't think people know that oh, and that's amazing that is that is pretty damn valuable at the small forward position if, if you can do that i mean he's still He's still a twig. I think he like holds his weight pretty well for like somebody who's 185, something like that. But I think he was really good last year playing out of position at the four. I think if you can slide him down to the three, he can guard at he can guard at that spot. He can guard twos. You can guard one. We saw him guard Luca. We saw him guard James Harden last year. Like this kid, this kid's gonna be a special defender. I think it was kind of overhyped, this whole like, oh, we're going to, it's going to be like point Jaden out at Summer League and he's going to be scoring and he's going to be distributing. No, like he's still got that Wiggins high dribble, you know, where it's like up to his sternum. It's just, you're going to get ripped a lot. And he did get ripped a lot. Like, but, but he can still, like, he could do a little bit on offense. All you need him to do is a little bit on offense. Um, He doesn't need to be a point guard and he isn't. But um, I I think you're going to have a two way player who leans a little bit more defense than he does offense. Yeah. That's Dane Moore from the Dane Moore Hold on a second NBA Phil. podcast. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy 32nd hey. birthday. Oh, dude, right on. <laughs> to happy birthday, to Dane. Dane, who, as I tweeted, in covering the Wolves is actually 50. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, see this gray, Dane? It's, it's, it's coming. It's right It'll be you in like three, three got, more I years. Got some, I got some here. You there know. you go, baby. Uh, I awesome. appreciate you guys. Hey, All right, we'll talk you. again soon, man. Appreciate it, Dan. Right, awesome stuff. Thank and, you. And uh, we'll we'll keep it here on Mackie and Judd. This this live edition, emergency live edition on the Score North YouTube channel of Mackie and Judd. Judd's got the Wolves bobbleheads out. I'm excited. Um, before we dive more into this Patrick Beverly trade, there's a couple theories out there, too, about why they did this mm-hmm. in a second, but... Our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company are helping business owners all across the state of Minnesota. They've been around since 1904 in Owatonna. They're one of us, and uh, they've had a partnership with the Timberwolves for a long time, too. So if you're looking for frontline protection, risk management tools and resources, and some of the smartest people in the insurance game, go to federatedinsurance.com. Scope them out at Federated. It's our business to protect yours. So there are some rumblings. I'm just around sort of wolves bloggerville which is a very smart collection of people our friend key sang um also speculating on this that even though this is now the third team patrick beverly has been on in the last like two weeks because he went from clippers to memphis to wolves that this could be a chip the wolves use in a ben simmons trade Mm. so because because they're looking for things that philadelphia could want philadelphia would want you know a guy that you could potentially play 25 30 minutes Right. Uh, in a rotation at guard, so maybe like a Beverly Beasley thing. Just saying, it's a possibility. The contracts do 
come close to matching up. Like if you were to trade Beasley, who I think just got out of jail here, like today I saw somebody tweet. So congratulations to Malik Beasley doing his time. <laughs> um, that you could package fourteen point three million Beverly, and then what is it like seventeen? I, I don't have the books in front of me, but like seventeen million Beasley, and make that work for thirty five ish million mm-hmm. uh, Ben Simmons and other assets. But if they if they just keep Patrick Beverly, this is going to be interesting. He truly is. He's the A.J. Pierzynski. Like, you hate his guts oh, if you don't it. have him on your team. What? But I think we're going to find that if he can play at the level he's played at for the last few years, yes. he's going to be that pest that everyone loves unless he goes too far down the Jimmy Butler route, which is, hey, I hate all these softies that I'm around like Cat. But to Dane's point, Cat's three or four years older now. Um and I think Anthony Edwards helps sort of, you know, bring things together from a personality and leadership standpoint. So th- this is interesting if they keep Patrick Beverly for sure. First of all, what did I tell you guys yesterday? I said I watched the Malice in the Palace documentary, and I want guys who will go in the stands and beat up unruly fans. All right? We're closer to that now because we got another tough guy. Uh, this, the second thing I think that we – I have not seen talked about much, but again, I read something a couple weeks ago or last week. Ben Simmons is basically done with the Sixers. He doesn't want to play there. It's gone far too wrong. I think he's probably embarrassed too, but he wants out. And if he wants out, eventually the Sixers are going to have to come to the realization that their leverage is hurt. Like you can't, you're not going to get the mega package that you would for a potential star player who, who is like, I'm happy here or yeah, you could trade me, but I'm still going to uh, play here. So if Ben Simmons is actively trying to, and, and his, his people are actively trying to pursue their way out of Philly, which it sounds like they are. Gerson Rosas, who's a smart dude is probably going to play the long game. Uh, because nobody nobody is going to come and say, okay, here's what we're going to give you the world if they know he wants to be traded. Uh, so this all could be part of a sort of scheming patient game. Uh, and if push comes to shove and training camp's about to start, and if Ben Simmons says, I'm not showing up, I'm not playing here, I'm done here, the Sixers' hand is forced. Yeah. Like, do you want him to sit? Or do you want a, a return of some sort? And if you can give them a decent return, they're at least going to have to consider it. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot more to talk about with that Ben Simmons angle, too, um, which we can do. Just while, we, while we've got the room here, too, a quick shout-out. Thank you guys for hanging out with us live here. If you could, hit that like button on the Score North YouTube video here, the subscribe button, and then we'll give you daily Minnesota sports entertainment in return. We're also very active on Score North Instagram and TikTok as of the last few weeks. We're almost up to 1,000 TikTok followers thanks to Judd's great videography from mm-hmm. uh, Vikings practice and Minnesota sports events and Judd doing dances, which will I've learned a lot about TikTok. at some point. I've, I've learned a <laughs> lot about TikTok. I'm TikToking constantly now at 51. The other part to this conversation, though, that we have to dive into is the Timberwolves bailed on the sixth overall pick that I believe they traded up for, if I'm not mistaken. They did, yep. Right? Yep. So they loved Gerson Rosas, loved the upside and the potential and the athleticism and all of the things that were Jarrett Culver coming out of Texas Tech. And there's really no way to say it. Like, he's just been a disaster. He fell out of the rotation. 
and they just decided it was time to completely move on. So on one hand, if you're just looking in a vacuum right here, right now, this is your roster, and you've got all these different peripheral players like Jarrett Culver and Hernan Gomez. Trading Culver in his current state for Hernan Go- uh, and Hernan Gomez for an actual like good two-way rotational player in Patrick Beverly on paper is a really I think it's a really good trade. And Beverly's an expiring contract. It's fourteen point three million off the books uh, next year if you want it to be. But at the same time, Gerson Rosas really whiffed. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. We he love our Gers on the show. He would admit but it. But they absolutely botched that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we all think Anthony Edwards is going to pan out. That's the most important thing. So let's say they hit on that. Um, and Jalen Noel is a second round pick. He's a rotation guy, but they whiffed on a Kogi. And they whiffed even harder on Jarrett Culver, um, so that there's there's sort of two ways to look at this thing, Judd. Uh, yes, and it, it's important too that they traded up. Who did they want? And the player that they were trying to get at six actually got drafted right before their pick. And so I want to say they they settled on Culver, who had played here at um, at US Bank Stadium in mm-hmm. the championship game of the NCAA tournament a game that Patrick Royce came away and said he can't shoot. Why would you draft him? So, yeah, it's it's a big miss. It's a definite strike. Um, I think we give Gerson the benefit of the doubt quite a bit, partially because he's made some moves that appear to have worked. But that, that being said, it's got to be at least a little bit of a concern that the sixth pick is missed on that bad. By the way, Okogi was a Tibbs pick. I'm sorry about that. Okogi was a Tibbs pick in yeah, fairness. I think, and then I think that was the, year the first Gerson pick, right? Yeah. Yep. I, it might have been Garland. It might have been Darius Garland they were looking at. I know fans wanted Tyler Hero. Fan, I, like, there was a bunch of yeah. fans that were like, Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero, this will be great. And then obviously they they Hero fell. Somebody, and it might be Garland. They thought that they were going to get him. They didn't. And I think they sort of panicked and went, Let's take the kid that can play defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Garland went one pick. Garland went fifth overall yeah, that's it, in that's 2019. Nice, nice. I got Garland. I mean, it's like I don't watch a lot of Cleveland Cavs basketball these days, but Garland was – he shot 40% from three, 17 points a game, so he's turned into mm-hmm. a really solid player for them. So, yeah, so sorry, Okogi. I'm not going to put that on Gers. That was a, that was a Tom Thibodeau pick. But, um, Rotate. Yeah, so big, big trade for the Timberwolves. Um, any, any thoughts – because we're going to get to some other stuff here too, but any final thoughts on the Patrick Beverly trade from you guys? I like the fact that the, that he is a two-way player. I like the fact he, he's tough. And if they keep him, this is a very much a move made to try to win. Like, this is not a long play. This is not a, hey, in three years, he's going to be good. He, This is a move made to try to win, and this is a move. And here's the one thing, and again, it goes to, to the fact that we have not been in the Wolves' locker room in ages because of COVID. Um, the dynamics of the culture of the team, we don't know. But yeah. you know a guy like this has a chance to come in and help set a tone. I, I The thing is, so Ricky, they wanted that from Ricky, but I don't know if Ricky was still good enough to. Like, I know he helped Ant, and that's great, and, and I know that, that he tried. But one, I don't know if he had the necessary edge. And two... I don't know if he was good enough to justify being the guy like, Hey, listen to me. Um, It's probably another sign too that cat is cat. Like, I don't think personality wise now guys, I don't think cats changing. Like I think cats a really good player, but I think Gerson uh, and and 
Finchie are probably smart enough to step back and be like, okay, cat's cat. Like we can't expect him. We're going to put the C on your chest and you're going to be the guy. Um, I think they love Ant, but a guy like Beverly will probably push Ant as well, which is not a bad thing because I think Ant can take it. That That's the thing about the Butler dynamic, right? Wiggins and Cat really couldn't take it. Like yeah. he pushed them and they're like, what are you doing? Why are you pushing us? Um, Ant seems to me to be the type of guy who wants to be pushed. And I think this is going to be Ant's team eventually. But I think that a guy who's a little bit brash and has an edge is actually probably going to help Ant. Yeah. Uh, hey, quick, quick on-air production meeting here. Dex, can we keep it here? Because yep. Can we get into to who gets it, who doesn't? Because I got yep. a lot of wolf stuff there, too. Absolutely. So um, just, to, just to reset for you guys, we are Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. The Timberwolves traded for Patrick Beverly today. Um, and we are hanging out on the Score North YouTube channel. Presented in part by our friends at PXG as well, you know, uh, PXG helping us through these summer months without basketball and um, with a bad baseball team. Get out there on the golf course. Go hit some uh, some of the best clubs on the market. The uh, the PXG store in Minneapolis is a golfer's paradise, and you can stop by, test out some clubs, the Gen Four clubs, the Zero to Eleven clubs, or check out some of the summer apparel and. Um, See for yourself at Southdale Center, PXG Minneapolis, and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. Can I start us off with a who gets it, who doesn't here? Absolutely. You know who gets it? Patrick Beverly. <laughs> I absolutely hate Patrick Beverly when he's on opposing teams. I think he undercut Chris Paul on purpose in the playoffs. And if you just Google Patrick Beverly dirty player, um, there's all sorts of, like, there's literally a laundry list of, like, star players that he's gone after, LeBron James, like, he's clotheslined Mike Conley around the throat. He ended Russell Westbrook's season by diving at his knees. Like, there's all these things. But you know what? He rides the edge, and the Timberwolves, I'm not saying they need a dirty player, but they need some edge. I'm hearing, I mean, actually. Th- this team, this team could use a little AJ Pierzynski edge, just a little, just someone that's going to make other teams uncomfortable. A guy that's going to come in here and solidify a little bit more perimeter defense. I mean, the Timberwolves right now, as constructed, Carl Anthony Towns defense optional, but shoots threes. Right, D'Angelo Russell defense very optional. Anthony Edwards to this point defense he hasn't figured it out yet because he's a rookie and he's 19 years old. I think it'll come at some point with time. Malik Beasley bombs away from three. Defense optional. Like they're they, they were maybe going to trade for Lowry Markinen. Defense optional. Like all these guys we're hearing about defense optional. But Patrick Beverly comes in and helps solidify an area that they need to solidify and maybe add some toughness. If they can harness the toughness and and have it rub off on the rest of the team without them going over the line or having infighting like Jimmy Butler, um, then. That would be the best case scenario, but Patrick Beverly, I'm going to say Patrick Beverly gets it from a toughness <laughs> and leadership perspective, and the Wolves could use those things. Is this so? T- taking out the the questionable hits and questionable plays, is this the uh, sort of the equivalent of of the Wild uh, trading for Nick Benino last year? And yeah. and I mean, he Beverly might be a better player at his sport than Nick was, but I feel like what we're talking about from a guy that can that can know what he's talking about in the room, that it, there's a parallel there. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's probably a fair. Like, he's definitely not a superstar player, right. but he can bring some intangibles behind the scenes. And I would also say, like, some players like this, they can look like, oh, they must be a great leader because they're hard-nosed, right? Right. I think in the case of Patrick Beverly, there's real evidence of him in both Houston and in Los Angeles with the Clippers being an actual key part of winning teams. Like, there's some there's some fake tough guys in sports where, Absolutely. oh, that guy gets his jersey dirty and, you know, will get into fights with opposing teams. Therefore, he must be a hard-nosed leadership player behind the scenes. It sounds like Beverly has actually been a valuable piece to winning with the Clippers and the Rockets the last eight years or so. Mm-hmm. Judd, I would actually acquaint it more, and, and this might be even more extreme. He's Tom Wilson. He's Tom Wilson for the Capitals. He's a, Ooh, he's a D-head. I like he, it. He's, he's going to be someone who's going to do some questionable things, but you love him on your team. Um, and like to be it. honest, I would say who doesn't get it is Minnesota sports soft culture. We need someone like this on a team that needs 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 him. Cat is 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 a is a hell of an athlete, and D and 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 D'Angelo Russell can absolutely shoot some threes. But you need someone like Pat Beverly in here to also crack some skulls every once in a while. Uh, yes. To be that AJ Pierzynski, to be that Tom Wilson, maybe even Gabriel Landeskog to a degree. Like you have to have a type of personality like that in these rooms. And if you want to be soft, and if you want to be just complacent with just being cute to be here, and oh, isn't it great that we're competing with Vegas? Or oh, isn't it nice to be an eight seed? No, no, no. You need some tough guyness in this room, and and Pat Beverly is that for the Wolves. And Minnesota sports needs to embrace having a a guy like that in this town. Because I'm so sick of being soft. I want to be we tough. Need, we need to print the crack, crack some skulls T-shirts now. Just, <laughs> just a silhouette of Pat Beverly just clotheslining Mike Conley. <laughs> hey, every good team in in this town has always had a couple guys, or at least a guy who can be a complete jerk. Dan Gladden was traded for in '87 and won two World Series here. And part of what made Gladdy so great was. He was he was the old hockey term gritty, and he would upend the catcher at home plate, like he and he could be a jerk. Yeah, you know but what's you, fun, but you what, want that. What's funny about the first like the first successful run for the Timberwolves? Well, really the the only successful mm-hmm. run for the Timberwolves when they were making the playoffs twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. KG was kind of that guy. Like he oh, was yeah. a superstar, but he brought the salt and the grainy. Oh yeah, and would, would he wasn't dirty, but like he would definitely he would let you know he was in the paint. Um, and they just they don't have anyone. Even like those Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio teams that I don't think ever actually made the playoffs, but had a couple competitive years. Those teams like Rubio, Love, like they were so soft, and that's why they wound up ultimately falling short. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully, Patrick Beverly, at least for one year, adds a, adds an element. I'm going to give you a who gets it. It's my guy, Mike Zimmer, and here's why. Mike Zimmer, in deciding. Probably with Spielman as well. But to sit 31-plus players on Saturday gave himself the ability to evaluate. So instead of like, play, hey, we'll play Cousins for a series, and we'll play we'll play this guy for his, and you know, hey, Adam Thielen caught a ball. Okay, I know he can, can catch a ball. I know that Kirk can throw him the ball. Uh, Dalvin Cook ran twice. I know that Dalvin Cook can do that. By putting all of the pressure on backups, and it was a disaster in some ways, but... Better now than later. I think this team gave itself a really good head start. And yes, they screwed fans, but they gave themselves a really good head start on making important evaluations and decisions. And they cut out what you didn't need to really see, which was 
Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook. I can go down that entire list. I think that the Vikings actually are going to benefit from the fact that they sat all of those guys and put in a bunch of backups and said, let's see. And in a game, it's different, and we saw that. It's funny. I actually kind of thought, oh, the rest of the league is sitting starters now. This is a real thing, like the Packers, the Rams, like all these teams are sitting stars. The Vikings are going to be the team that runs starters out there for a series and a half or something and gets yep. four of them hurt. Yep. So I, I thought Mike Zimmer was going to go more old school in that approach. Uh, but ultimately, I don't know if it was him or somebody convincing him. It was the right thing to do. I think we're going to wind up seeing joint practices be the thing of the future. And we're going to go down. I think you called it last week. Like We're going to go up to 18 regular season yes. games and two buys or something Enjoy and practices. a mid-February Super Bowl. Yep. And then I think I think what's going to happen is the N, the NFL schedule will just expand we'll, by a couple of weeks, and the draft will be in mid May. Well, that's what's going to happen. Martin Luther King Day fall then on the Monday after the Super Bowl. Is that where we're going? I think the league is trying to get the I think they're trying to get oh, into a window where the holiday so the holiday after is the, the Super Monday Bowl? after. Was so, it so like uh, presidents? Not presidents' day. I thought I thought there was something like that though. Like that they were trying to they were trying to line it up just like that. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. That's yeah, St. Patrick's Day. We'll have it mid March. Well, yeah, and you know what? <laughs> Combine, free agency. Like they they are so close, so close except for July to dominating every news cycle. It's incredible. Yeah. All right. I'm actually going back to the Timberwolves here. I've got my I'm I'm drinking my Timberwolves Kool-Aid here. Mm-hmm. I've got two different variations of it, just yep. pouring it all down my throat. So um Jarrett Culver was a whiff for sure, but you know who gets it when it comes to talent evaluation? Gerson Rosas. Let's look at the list. Okay. Like you're not gonna bat a thousand, okay? Jarrett Culver was a whiff. Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels. They drafted Jalen Noel in the second round, and they found Naz Reed after the draft was over. Mm-hmm. He was he was not drafted. Uh, Landro Balmero, who might come over here at some point, I think there's been a lot more hits by far than misses for Gerson Rosas when it comes to player development. Now, there's been some weird exits from the front office. There was, you know, the Ryan Saunders thing. I don't know. That was more of a Glenn Taylor but that kind of fell apart. So there's been some clunkiness in terms of like people coming in and out of the organization. Uh, but overall, I think a lot of teams would trade places with a team that has found in the last couple of years, Ant, Jaden McDaniels, Naz Reed, and Jalen Noel through the draft process. So I'm going to say Ger- Gerson's got an eye. So much Wolves Kool-Aid. So much Wolves Kool-Aid. It's spiked. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's, well, it's, it's not spiked. It's just... I guess it's just the the natural state of my beverage is Wolves Kool Aid. It's not even spike. <laughs> uh, piggybacking off what Phil said of of who gets it, who doesn't. It's it's a local executive who's actually able to make a trade to improve his team this summer. And I don't mean to call out our other friend of the show, Bill Guerin, because Billy Guerin, Gerson Rosas, you can make a case. Who is one or two in the friends of the show power rankings on Mackie and Judd? They're certainly right uh, up not there. Not anymore. Right? Uh, you guys are now you're about to tee off on friend of the show Billy Garen. He's yeah, never going to come on the hey, show ever again. To be clear, keep me out of this. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave Judd out. But I love that I love that Gerson Rosas said, "All right, we can figure this out. We can get two guys out of here and bring in a player that we really really need that can help this team going forward." And this is kind of a who gets it, who doesn't, and, and all in the same breath. But I think Kevin Fiala gets it, and I don't think the Minnesota Wild realize what they're missing out on here, what they potentially could have an issue with. 
Um, you know, Kevin Fiala signs a one-year, $5.1 million deal. Russo reported this morning they were basically never close to a long-term contract. Fiala had to watch Joel Erickson Eck get a long-term deal. He had to listen to what Kirill Kaprizov's being offered. And Kevin Fiala basically just got put aside and said, ah, you know, we don't really value you, Kevin, inking you up to a long-term deal. Um, I showed Judd this yesterday on a late-night edition of Judd's Hockey Show, and this is where analytics, I think, can really be um, a, 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 good, a good eye test when you match them both together. And this is from Jay Fresh Hockey, who does a great job of explaining analytics, as you see on the screen here. So you're going to see a bunch of numbers, and you're probably even thinking, what the hell am I looking at? There's I think my head here. just splattered across right. the wall here. <laughs> Absolutely. Mr. Analytics, come on. So yeah. even if you see projected war there, so this, these are numbers that are between 0 and 100%, 50% being average, 100% being he's in the 100th percentile of the league at this category. So right now, Kevin Fiala's his projected wins above replacement is 72%, so he's obviously above average player. But I want you to look at the two most important ones to me, his offense and his goals per 60 rate in the bottom left of the screen. So he's in the 85 percentile in the NHL in driving offense. He's in the 90th percentile in scoring goals. Now, yes, his defense is very questionable. 15%, he's an extreme below average defender. But this team has lacked scoring. It's lacked finishers. It's lacked natural goal scores. And basically going to arbitration with Kevin Fiala and him assuming that he can still be the player that he's been the last year, you're not going to be able to afford him next year, even with an RFA status. So this is a very dangerous road that I think the Minnesota Wild are going down. And I applied Gerson Rosas for now going out and saying, no, we're going to make a trade happen. And instead, the Minnesota Wild are still kind of biding their time here, not screwing over necessarily, but still putting their second most dynamic player in quite the bind with his contract negotiations. Get those nerds! 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 <laughs> All in for 2021-22 because then you got no money after that. Hey, our friend Dane Moore. So, so Dane Moore gets done here, right? Like he comes on right away, updates us. He's He's great. He gets done with us, literally picks up his cell phone and reports this. This is good reporting, too. The Wolves had been hoping a Marcus Smart extension would not happen to Boston, sources say, so as able to uh, to trade for Smart. Wow. With Smart off the board, the Wolves turned to Patrick Beverly. At the end of the day, a player to help set a culture was a priority, and then he reports the prices, obviously, requiring Beverly versus Smart were very, very different. Interesting. So they were, yeah. Marcus Smart just signed a four-year extension. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna parse something he said here. Mm-hmm. With Smart off the board, the Wolves turned to Patrick Beverly at the end of the day. Uh, a player to help set a culture was a priority, and I think the the red flag there would be, why is Carl Anthony Towns at age 26 not setting a culture yet? But he's no longer 22. Not, but, and, but Phil, he's not going to. Like, like you have to. Ex- if you're going to accept him, you have to accept him now. He's a B. Personality. Yes. He's yes. an A skill set, an A offensive yes. efficiency player. Yes. He's a B leadership but, guy and a B personality. And I Anthony would, Edwards is too young to be yes. on that level yet, right? And I would far prefer that Chris Finch and Gerson Rosas accept that now. And if they're going to keep Cat, which they should, but if they're going to keep him, that they accept that and make the moves to help. Yeah. So, like, like – the. There's nothing more frustrating than a guy inching closer and closer to 30 and being like, he, he might change. He's not changing. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't make him a bad player. It just makes him, yes, it makes him a guy who obviously cannot take control or doesn't want to of that room, and so you need people that can. So that is who gets it. 
And who doesn't hear on Mackie and Judd on this Tuesday, a live edition. By the way, thank you to everyone hanging out with us right now on the Score North YouTube channel. Click the like button, spreads the word about the show, and the subscribe button, and we'll give you daily Minnesota sports entertainment in return. We're also uh, pretty active on Instagram and TikTok, Score North Instagram and Score North TikTok. If you want to check that out, somebody said, uh, we're, we're looking at some of the comments here on the YouTube page. Did you guys see Anthony Edwards hitting hitting six, five or six 40-foot jump shots in a row yesterday? Uh, yes, we did. You can see my reaction to that on the Score North TikTok and Instagram pages. But every week on Tuesday, our friend Declan Goffier, executive producer of the show, goes back and finds previous seasons in Minnesota sports history to quiz us on. It's called Random Season Recall here on Mackie and Judd. Well, it's perfect timing, too, because we, we, we have Dane on. Like, what, a, what a great executive production. I booked Dane the day before. I queue up a Timberwolves season for Random Season <laughs> Recall, just firing on all cylinders here. And, yes, I, I will toot my own horn. So we will go with the 1996-1997 Minnesota Timberwolves for this oh week's God. edition of Random Season Recall. Oh, how much of a, how much of a help are you going to be here, Judd? So this is Garnett's. Am I carrying us here? You're this is Garnett's second year. Marbury is this Marbury's yeah. rookie year, I believe. Yes, this is. Well, this is. I think the first year they made the playoffs. This is a uh, sure. Phil is yes. Phil is KG yeah. and Marbury, and and Judd is like Doug West. Like uh, you you are like you, you are you are in the backcourt. Doug here. West was yeah. a good player. He's, good. He's a solid player. Drink once. Nice 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 nice. Doug West player. was on that team, wasn't he? He was on that team. All right, we he was on that team. Towards the end there, actually. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with this one. How many wins for the 1996-97 Wolves? I'll give you within a three-win window. Mm. So, Judd, I believe, so 82-game schedule, and I'm pretty sure the Wolves in their first year making the playoffs, so they got swept, but I'm pretty sure they actually finished under 500. I think it was one of those years in the West. Like, that usually happens in the East where, like, right. the eight seed is, like, well, the West was 30 yeah, wins. Entirely different then. So, so, so you're for, thinking 30-something? So for some reason, I feel like they went 40-42 and 42 okay. in that year. Sure. Final answer. 40-42, and 42, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah! On the nose. 40-42. and 42. <laughs> On the Look nose. Start. Look at that start. On the nose. Oh, that's right. You know something, brother. Oh, all right. Uh, next question. Yeah, the Wolves did make the playoffs that year. Who did they lose to and in how many games? So those were five-game series. They definitely got swept. Um, I'm trying to think. I know they got beat by the Rockets one of those years. I, so, I, so I don't know why, but I remember going. We, we lived in Eden Prairie at the time, and I remember going for a walk the morning of game one around Starring Lake Park, and I I'm almost positive they were about to play the Rockets, and those were the. And it wasn't the, the Charles yet, yeah, because the they Charles lost to the Sonics Bur- eventually, but that's later, right? They lost to the Sonics, they lost to the Spurs, I think it's maybe the Rockets. twice. I also think it's the Rockets. I think so. The Rockets had come off back-to-back championships, and then actually yeah. they won the back-to-back championships, and then the the year before this, the Bulls won their first of a three-peat, yeah. a second three-peat. So, that, but this was like the Barkley Rockets, maybe even the Pippen. <laughs> well, Pippen, no, Pippen was later. The Rockets. Was Barkley there by then? I think so. Okay. Okay. I think so. I don't want to look it up because I don't want to cheat, but. Yeah. The Rockets' final answer? Yeah. yeah. The Houston Rockets. Oh, they were swept, we but yes. They were swept oh, by the that, Houston that Rockets. Oh, yeah, that's, that's not surprising. Yeah, we said that. Yeah, they lost in three. Uh, I, did, on fire right now. I did mention Doug West. Uh, 
So that was one of the questions, but we can still we can I can still use this question here. So Gugliata, Kevin Garnett, Steph Marbury, Doug West. Who is the other starting center for that team? Oh my god, Judd. Um I just want to throw a quick mention. This potentially correct answer is presented by Dennis Kirk. All right. So Dennis Kirk is here for all you motorcycle and bike riders out there who like to get out and let the wind blow through your gray beard like Judd during the summertime. Um, keep the name Stanley Roberts in your head for a second because I, I want to, I, for some reason, I want to say Stanley Roberts. But um, so Dennis Kirk, 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, and they ship the same day if you order by 8 p.m. So check them out when the open road calls head to DennisKirk.com. So okay. this would have been like right around. I think this was before Rasha Nesterovich. When was, when was Dean Garrett? Right around this time. It was okay. like Rasha, Dean, Stanley I, Roberts. Because back when I was doing stories for the Wolves game program, I talked to Dean Garrett, and Dean Garrett had a span there where he was actually played well. I know. Um, but All I, these guys are right I, I'll defer to you. I'll defer to you if you think that you know, because Dean Garrett's the one name that came to my mind. But if that that's a time period thing, not not necessarily for the season. The other names in there to consider: Cherokee Parks was a center at one point. Sister in there. was in a band, yeah. Just trying to think if there's any. It's before Irv Johnson. Oh, my gut is screaming Stanley Roberts. I'll defer to you. Let's go if Stanley Roberts. Okay. Stanley Roberts, final answer? Yep. <laughs> Oliver Miller was also in this mix, but I think he was more of a backup. Is it yeah, Cherokee? Again, Dean, I'll defer I mean, to you. you know, let's go Dean Garrett. Let's go Dean Garrett. I'll defer to you. Dean Garrett, final answer? Yep. Dean Garrett, Jeff Zolgad, coming bad. in hot there. All right, Garrett. sorry, it's my fault. See, I, I was trusted my partner. Then. Then. I was Should have trusted my partner. Yep. They, every year it was like a new random guy, yes. Rasho. Um, they had a bunch of dudes. Didn't they have like, was it Stoiko Vrankovic yep. at one point? Too? Yeah, he's after that, right? I think yeah. he was, yeah. Just but ripping like, heaters, just set the they, sig down on the free throw line. They started with like Brad Lowhouse, and then who's the guy that they drafted, the big guy from New Mexico and traded to the Bulls? Luke Longley? Luke Longley. Like You turned out pretty well. I mean, it helps when you're playing with Pippen, Jordan. Right. In fact, I believe they, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they traded Luke Longley to the Bulls for Stacey King, who's now the, I think, TV analyst for Chicago Bulls so. basketball. Yeah. So, yeah. What else you got NBA. for us here, Dex? All right. Oh, NBA, Two more questions. Uh, before the season started, the, the Wolves traded Isaiah Ryder. Who did the Wolves trade Isaiah Ryder to? Portland so, Trailblazers, right? Trailblazers, was it for Terry Porter? It might have been. For, I think it was for Terry I think, Porter because I I, I I believe he joined the then um, aptly named Jailblazers. Jailblazers, yeah, yeah, Portland. I'm pretty sure because Terry Porter was a, was definitely a part of these early Wolves teams. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go Terry Porter. Right. All right. So right on Portland. Right on Portland. Right on Portland. Yep. Not right on Terry Porter. There was three assets that came back the Wolves. So they they who did they get? Terry Porter from because he was also a Blazer. Um, wow, they got so. Is this how they got Peeler? Was Peeler with Peeler? Wasn't with the Blazers? Was he? No, no, no. In fact, didn't they draft Peeler? And didn't he end up with the Peeler? Was with the Lakers? Oh, the, oh, the Lakers, Lakers for a while. The Lakers. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, they. Uh, I don't think they got Pete. No, 
I don't remember they who. Have gotten from Portland. This is this is like this is very obscure. Team. So like if if yeah, I think if this you is can outside get this. my pay grade, okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't sign up for this. Actually, <laughs> I'm not obligated to answer this question. Don't you people pass judgment? I just I want to get one of them. <laughs> oh, it's this I I legitimately thought it was Terry Porter. Uh, well, was okay. Was Shane Heal one of them? I and they yeah. drafted Shane Heal. All right, that, that would have been an incredible pull. Uh, Sh- Shane Heal was on that roster, but but no. Uh, they received Bill Curley, James okay. Robinson, who was like oh a, Hollywood Robinson. Hollywood Robinson. Oh yeah. my god, dude! And a Hollywood first Robinson. and a first round pick who turned into absolute no one. So they actually okay. you, they got a haul. Do but. you remember Phil? I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, we did a state fair show one time, and Flip called in, and I think you did an old Timberwolves roster thing with him, and I think Bill Curley, he's like, Bill Curley! Yeah. Flip was... Ex- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Hollywood Robinson, I just remember in the early days when Kevin Harlan was calling games, and Hollywood Robinson went off. I think it was a late-night game against the Clippers or something. And Hollywood went off for, like, five or six threes in a game, which in that era was, like... Oh my god! Now guys are like Lillard's hitting twelve threes in a game, but Hollywood Robinson went off, and every one of them Harlan was escalating. Oh, he's <laughs> unconscious. <laughs> Harlan was so good. <laughs> All right, We're doing uh, pretty well here. Last one. Uh, the Wolves finished. This is random. The Wolves finished second in the NBA in this major statistic. Second in the NBA in this statistic. Well, let's talk this through here. They would have been a really good rebounding and passing team. I think there was a, I mean, there's a ton of ball movement on this team. Stefan Marbury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So I feel like assists and rebounds jump out to me for sure. Okay. This also would have been, I think, a good free throw shooting team, but they wouldn't have gotten to the line as often. Those Wolves teams under flip were like, they were not like get to the rim type teams. They were more jump shooting teams. Right. And so my because they were jump shooting teams, my gut says assists. Okay. Assist final answer. Yeah. They were ninth in assists. They were not second in the NBA in this statistic. I mean, think about the rebounders they had. KG Gugliotta was their small forward. KG KG was their small forward. They were a big team. Yep. Let's go rebounding. Don't warn you. Um, um, free throw percentage. They were second in the NBA in blocks. Actually, they were second oh, in the NBA in blocks. I would. I wouldn't. Have I should. I should have drawn that line. I already. I hit the. They were a big team. Yeah. yeah, well, you said, yeah I, you know I thought you were gonna talk yourself into it. I was like, well, you're they're big. Yeah, they weren't no, that rebounding. Was, that, that was obvious. That yeah. was still a very successful yeah. endeavor right there. That's pretty I'm good. That's pretty that. good. All right. It's pretty so solid. random season recall there. Dean Garrett, David. <laughs> Dean Garrett just running with those high knees. <laughs> high knees, hey. Dean. Uh, Former Hoosier. Yep. So, all right. Good stuff here, boys. Fun little live episode of Mackie and Judd on the Score North YouTube channel. You can also find the audio-only version of Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily anywhere you find podcasts, but scorenorth.com. And the free-to-download Score North app are going to be your two best central hubs. Tomorrow, write that down predictions and an accountability session. So uh, we'll see you guys then. See you tomorrow. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.